Al Jazeera podcast. Shakira Astami had a nice life in Afghanistan with her husband and their kids, three boys and one girl. Ahmed Fahim, her husband, was a logistics officer, and Shakira worked in a medical lab. And she was before even the arrival of Taliban was an um, active part of Afghan civil society over there. Abid Hussein, Al Jazeera's digital correspondent in Islamabad, sat down with Shakira at her home in the city's suburbs as she told the story of how they ended up in Pakistan. Before leaving Afghanistan, she was also active in women's rights. She was part of a women-led group which would carry out protests or rallies over their pre-Taliban government. But after the Taliban took power in 2021, she and her family fled. After a few months, they got a visa and made a small home for themselves in Islamabad. Now, along with four million other Afghans seeking refuge in Pakistan, they're being caught up in an immigration crackdown. Thousands of people, some of whom have been living in Pakistan for years, forced to uproot their families once again through fear of facing arrest and forced deportation. But Shakira feels she can't go back. So why is Pakistan clamping down on migrants? And what choices are left for the Afghans in Pakistan now? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Taliban forces entered the heart of the Afghan capital, Kabul, today. Fighters were filmed inside the presidential palace after Ashraf Ghani, now the former president, fled the country. After the Taliban retook control of Afghanistan in August 2021, Shakira's women's group started protesting against their position on women's rights. The Taliban fired Shakira's boss, and her new boss was a Taliban official. And subsequently, the boss saw a Shakira going to one of the protests, attending them. After that, they never officially fired Shakira, Abid says. They just asked her and some of her colleagues not to come to work, to stay home. She was afraid of what would happen next. And they decided that they need to leave the country and go to Pakistan. And that's where they've been until now. But last month, the situation changed. More than 1.7 million Afghans have been told to leave Pakistan by November the 1st. The Afghan embassy in Islamabad has accused Pakistan of harassing Afghan immigrants. So the government basically said that we are going to remove all the illegal, undocumented foreigners. We are pushing out everyone. Who doesn't have document? And if Afghanistan it is, Afghanistan it is. So it doesn't matter. Shakira and her husband Ahmed first applied for their visas in January of 2022. But by now, they've expired. And so far, the government hasn't renewed them. When Abid went to see Shakira's family, he met them on the outskirts of Islamabad at their two-room apartment. The apartment, he says, has barely anything in it. A few cushions and mattresses on the floor. A thermos 
a suitcase, a laptop, and a sewing machine. The apartment building houses a couple of dozen families in similar circumstances. Before the Taliban took over, Ahmed had already been traveling back and forth to Pakistan. Their third child, a son, has diabetes, and in Pakistan, they could get treatment. Ahmed Fahim would keep on visiting Pakistan for medical treatment in Peshawar. So he had that ease to, you know, to move to Pakistan. But the rest of the family, they applied for the visa and they thought and they hoped that perhaps this will allow us to get some sort of refuge and we'll see what we can do. And that's what the family eventually did. They moved to Pakistan in February 2022. And after they got the visas, they had some very good experiences in Pakistan. They were exuberant in their praise and the gratefulness about this doctor in Islamabad who was helping their child with diabetes medicine. The insulin injection that his son requires is around about for 14,000 Pakistani rupees, roughly $50 per injection. Their rent is $55 a month. And that injection is needed, I think, what, twice a month. And they said this doctor, she was helping them out free of cost. But not everyone there was as generous. Ahmed is a skilled barbecue chef and was working with another guy, a possible partner, to start up a restaurant. That guy kicked him out. With money tight, the whole family had to move four times in the first four months. Things didn't work out. The, rent, the landlords kicked them out. They found refuge in a tent. That's where the family lived for three and a half months. By then, the visas that got them to Pakistan were expiring quickly. The father, his visa was for eight or nine months uh, long visa, right? Shakira's visa ended in April. That's three months later. It kind of varied. Eventually, the last time the family applied for a visa was in May 2023. But those visas have yet to arrive. Without any kind of documentation, they could never be relaxed. Don't have any documentation to find your house. You don't have any documentation for which you can get your child admitted to a school. You don't have any formal paperwork which could allow you to get a job. And this is all happening before October. Then, on October 3rd, the government makes the big announcement. Pakistan's interior minister, Safraz Bukti, said illegal Afghans would be expelled and their businesses seized if they stayed beyond the deadline. A few nights later, Ahmed goes out for a bit, and Shakira stays home with the kids. And a few policemen came to the apartment, and the thing is that they knew, and it wasn't any secret, really, that Afghan families are living in this building, right? Um, so the police comes in, they start threatening people, harassing them, asking them to show the documentation. Shakira and her daughter told Abed the police were saying without documentation, they would take them away. And she had the material. Shakira said they'd grabbed her bag of passports and other paperwork from her. And the police obviously said that, you know, you don't have it. And this is not good enough. They shouted at them that they can't live in Pakistan. Eventually, neighbors came to Shakira's aid and chased the officers away. But Abid says the police still asked for a bribe. So police basically said a threat of uh, trailing that uh, we know where you live, that kind of thing. So now, for Shakira and her family, 
Abed says things are even worse. The anxiety has only increased. The family had a middle class, upper middle class living in Afghanistan, three bedroom house, two drawing room and lounges, furniture and bedding. And, you know, a very nice, comfortable, as comfortable life as you could possibly imagine in, in Kabul. And obviously, they were not the only ones. They were in flux of Afghanistan uh, refugees coming to Pakistan. There's a significant number of people. This is the group of Afghans who came after August 2021, 600 to 8,000 people. But those are far from the only Afghans in Pakistan. We need to understand Pakistan is home to almost 4 million Afghan, of which between 2.2 to 2.5 million have some sort of government-approved documentation. The rest of them are who what you call undocumented people. Shakira and her family also falls under that because their visa has officially expired. So they did not have any other mechanism or paperwork uh, to stay back. So it's never easy, obviously. It was never a concerted drive as yet something which has started in October. And Pakistan says it has reasons for the announcement. Yeah, yeah. On 3rd of October, the government launched this and they were at pains, at pains to say that, look, we have had bad security in the country. We are suffering with terrible economic conditions. We cannot afford to host people who don't have documents. And this is their reasoning, Abid says. This year, Pakistan has seen a resurgence in violence. Very, very clear uptick in numbers. Like uh, in the first 10 months, we have had more than more than 300 attacks. And uh, in fact, Prime Minister of Pakistan, Marul Kakari, he gave a press conference in which he said that ever since Taliban took over, August 2021, there has been 60% rise in um, attacks all over country and 500% increase in suicide bombing of various natures, large and small, all of these things. Unfortunately, since the formation of the interim Afghan government, terrorist attacks in Pakistan have increased by 60% and suicide bombings by 500%. In the last two years, 2,267 innocent Pakistanis lost their lives to their horrific bloodshed. And out of that, more than 2,200 Pakistanis, um, law enforcement officials, as well as civilians have died. So there is a very clear, sudden surge in violence. And what the government implies and says uh, explicitly as well, that this is all being done by the Afghan nationals. And many of these allegations are plausible, arguably correct, that people are coming from there because we know that TTP and the Tariqi Taliban Pakistan, the group which try, which is ideologically aligned with the Afghan Taliban and wants to create the same sort of laws for Pakistan as well. If you need a refresher on TTP, it was founded in December 2007. With a very clear and stated aim that they want to recreate a Pakistan in which Sharia law, the hardline right-wing Sharia law is imposed. They also wanted the basically division of Duran land. The Duran line is the land border that divides Pakistan from Afghanistan. Created by, like everything, by the Britishers. And TTP wants to get rid of that border, Abed says. 
they want to combine the northwestern part of pakistan which is uh, primarily um populated by the ethnically pashtun people and the state of pakistan has been in war against them for a very long time they are allegedly behind they have taken claim um for the attack on army public school in december 2014 one of the most heinous most terrible tragic um attack in pakistan in which more than 140 school children were killed there can be few easier targets than a school full of children and yet the taliban militants who scaled its walls were heavily armed a class on first aid was taking place in the school auditorium when the taliban attackers calmly walked in and started emptying their machine guns into the school children and their instructors so that's the history and when these recent attacks happened abid says the government of pakistan had had enough so the government of pakistan said that we have had enough we have had given afghan government a lot of chances a lot of opportunities to try and control this violence and try to ensure that their soil is not used by insurgents but they haven't so enough is enough we are going to kick the afghans out but many people aren't leaving where that leaves them after the break The Inside Story podcast dissects, analyzes and helps define major global stories. We get into the details with experts who explain how policies affect people. The Inside Story podcast by Al Jazeera. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. The Pakistani government first announced a grace period for undocumented migrants to leave on their own. but on november 1st that ended so what is happening is the government said we are going to give you a 30 day grace period where you leave post november onwards we will now crack down and send them away we asked abid what the international community's response to pakistan's policy has been the united nation they obviously have been condemning this the entire point is that you know pak it seems people can see through that what pakistan is doing right now is primarily it's a political maneuver rather than there is very immediate concern or economy or anything of this but pakistan additionally says and this is where they are justified in saying so um you can argue that that america the united kingdom and other european nations you know they had people working for them in afghanistan either in nato forces or coalition forces or in some other capacity as a translator or as a helper or as a manager so on and so forth we all saw how the americans just rushed out of afghanistan and how they left so many people millions of people and left them at the mercy of afghan taliban um horrifically so and cruelly afghan taliban exacted revenge from those people and yet It's been more than 2 years. They have not been given any kind of provision, any kind of documentation, any kind of processing. But that seems to be changing. Pakistan says nearly 25,000 Afghans are waiting for visas to the United States. Prime Minister Kakar in one of his interviews, he acknowledged that not in explicit way but he said that okay, we have been reached out by multiple countries including the US 
who are trying to repatriate a certain number of people which the government of America has promised documentation for. And that process is ongoing. What it basically means is that if the government of Pakistan had not issued these, this, this deadline, these countries once again would not have done anything. And again, 25,000, 20,000 is obviously it's, it's a drop in the notion. And undocumented Afghans in Pakistan, like Shakira and her family, may not be the only ones affected. The worst part is, the saddest part, what is happening is that people who are being impacted directly are people who also have some sort of documentation. They have some sort of uh, the card, but the government is, you know, pressurizing them so much that they are also forced to leave. People are uprooting their lives and they are putting them in a truck and container and they head toward the border and they leave, go back to Afghanistan. The border is about three and a half hours drive from Islamabad, north of Peshawar, in a place called Torkham. It's a Torkham border. It is a primary border, the main border between Pakistan and Afghanistan. All sorts of trade traffic, all sorts of human traffic takes place over there. I have been there. I went there again recently. It opens up in Jalalabad on Afghanistan side. And multiple times this year as well, there have been some sort of skirmishes between Pakistan and Afghan Taliban, the border security forces. So the border has shut her down for multiple days. Pakistan is facing a new intensified wave of attacks from Afghan soil, killing hundreds of its security forces personnel. But the Taliban leadership across this 2,600-kilometer-long porous border appears to be unwilling or incapable of addressing Pakistan's concerns. People over there were telling me that since the time government started this operation, there were families coming in, you know, in large numbers, uh, leaving. People who are crossing the border right now, primarily, primarily are those who are leaving from Pakistan for Afghanistan due to the government policy. But the border officials saying, officials are saying, like for instance, on 1st of November, there were around about 28,000 people who moved from Pakistan to Afghanistan. A week later, what Abed heard is that the number of people leaving voluntarily is declining. Around about six to 8,000 people, which shows that people who had to leave are leaving or have left. Now, the number, obviously, it's a huge number of, of Afghans in the country. They all have not left. We know this for a fact. The question then becomes that is government use going to use hard approach towards kicking them out? Are they going to arrest families? Are they going to arrest children, women, elder people, the patients? What is going to happen? Where are they going to be kept? Are they going to dump them in a truck and send them away? The human right abuses, the potential of that is insane over here. There have been reports emerging, unconfirmed, but that police is arresting Pakistani Pashtuns because by the virtue of Pashtun, this is a very an element of racism involved over here. Police is using that as an excuse to throw someone in jail for 20, 24 hours and then ask the family for bribe for releasing them. And this is not the first time Pakistan has expelled undocumented Afghans. After the attack on the army school in 2014, Pakistan took a similar approach. Between 2015 and 2018, around four to 600,000 Afghans returned to Afghanistan. 
That's a large number of people, right? It happened in both ways. Government coercion, as well as people finding that, okay, Afghanistan is finding some sort of stability. We can go back. So between 400,000 and 600,000 people did go back. What now? You know, when I went to Torkham, I met more than 12, 14 families. And one of the last families that I met, they had been living in Pakistan for almost four decades. The patriarch of the house, and he was telling me what he did. My siblings were born here. My parents are buried here. My grandparents are buried here. Where are you sending me? Where am I going? I don't have any connection to that house. I don't even know if I have that house or not. As for Shakira, Abed asked her what would happen to her if she went back. She went quiet, he says, and her husband Ahmed responded instead. What Emma said to me was that, he's a man of faith, he, what he said that I, I find the walls closing in. I find that I'm running out of hope to have miracles, but I cannot afford to go back for two reasons. My wife is at risk and my child gets treatment here in the country. And I don't know if I'll get that in Afghanistan or not. They have in the back of their mind that it is possible. Any given day, police can come. Any given day, police can arrest them and throw them away. But they don't want to go, obviously. He said, I don't even know if a miracle could possibly come and save us. You know, I'm in touch with the family and I don't know what kind of message am I going to get next. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Amy Walters with Sonia Bagad and Chloe K. Lee, David Enders, Faranisa Campana, Khalid Sultan, Miranda Lynn, Sari Al-Khalili, Zaina Bezer, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer. And Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back. <laughs> 